This week on Media Delta. When Street Fighter II hit arcades back in 1991, it revolutionized the arcade scene, brought about the fighting game boom, and brought in one of Capcom's largest successes. The game was popular enough for Capcom to produce several re-releases of the game in arcades, each with new features and sometimes new characters. Around the time of the release of Super Street Fighter II in 1993, Capcom decided that it wanted to promote the game with a live-action movie to help bring in American audiences. The film was given to a prominent screenwriter, Stephen E. D'Souza, who just so happened to be a fan of the game, and also had written action films like Die Hard, The Running Man, and Commando. To help this from being a bomb like the Super Mario Bros. movie that released a year prior. Can having a fan of the game with such a pedigree help make a serviceable movie? Let's find out as we discuss Street Fighter the movie. Hello and welcome to another episode of Media Delta. Um, we are actually breaking from trend, I guess, uh, what we've been doing uh, because when we started this, we had basically we had four episodes in a row talking about various anime things, but we have not. We've kind of neglected the wonderful thing of uh, Western movies based on Japanese video games, um, and I guess we're kind of breaking that mold with. Not the worst one, but it is definitely an interesting one. Uh, we are talking about Street Fighter, which is based on Street Fighter 2. No one remembers Street Fighter 1 for good reason, because that game's not great. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Controversy. Yeah. yeah. So um, this is kind of a uh, more famous one, uh, namely because there are some kind of uh, big names associated with it. Uh, but um, before we talk about that, I actually have... Uh, Actually, we have uh, four other people talking here to talk about this, and uh, uh, let's introduce yourselves in alphabetic order. I, Axie, I guess I guess I'm first. Hey, I'm Axe. How y'all doing? Okay. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Les. I just kind of am here. All right. <laughs> Charisma. Hello, I'm Real Soviet Bear from Real Soviet Bear Enterprises. Indeed. Hi, I'm Torpid, and I love to consume shit. Fascinating. Not in the divine way. <laughs> Alright, so... Oh, God, what to say about Street Fighter. So, yes, it is based on the 1991 arcade game Street Fighter 2, mostly. Um, although, actually, there are... Actually, no, it would be based off of Super Street Fighter 2 because there are characters from that particular version in there, but they're basically the same game. Um, but yes. Um, so, just to kind of start off, this movie's kind of interesting because um, the reason it was kind of created is that Capcom was looking to pitch a kind of a Street Fighter movie to kind of, you know, reach out into more audiences. And... Uh, the movie happened to land into the lap of one Stephen E. D'Souza, who is a fascinating person because he has kind of a really, actually really good um, filmography. Um, he is mostly a screenwriter. Um, he, as he wrote screenplays for things like Commando, The Running Man, Die Hard. Uh, he also apparently did the screenplay of the Flintstones and Dud Shred movie. Um, <laughs> he has an interesting track record uh, also he wrote some episodes for um, some 
various cartoons. Uh, I think he's out right now. I think he's actually working on a comic series called uh, Sheen of the Jungle, uh, which uh, I, you can tell because uh, he uh, tweets it a lot because he is also active on Twitter, uh, where he has an interesting feed. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. But yes, De- define interesting. Do you uh, have him so he can watch? I, I don't want to bug him with us. <laughs> <laughs> want, to, want to hear five people talk shit about your movies? Well, I mean, there's not that much shit I talk about this movie. I only like say forty percent of shit. I was gonna time. say I I like this movie. Yeah, it's yeah. bad, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. We'll go into a little bit more detail later, but yes. Uh, so yeah, Stephen D'Souza, you um. Apparently, I believe he liked it, or his kids liked it, because, uh, yeah, he jumped at the spot, and, um, yeah, he actually directed this movie as well as Scream wrote it, um, which kind of shows, and it, it kind of has a style to it, which, if you've seen a lot of, like, especially, like, Commando and The Running Man, you can kind of see how this is a more, not dumbed down, but a less R-rated version i guess of his style but um yeah so he ended up uh directing it and screenwriting it um apparently there was an interesting story where he actually uh wrote the initial draft of this movie uh in 24 hours uh because he had a surprise meeting with capcom executives who were flying in um from japan and uh yeah that that yes um, Is that it, the version that we got in the movie? Because that feels like the version we got in the movie. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> um, no, no, no. There may have been some slight adjustments. Yeah. Like, oh, they, they, like editing Sawada. Yes. Uh, that was apparently a Capcom decision. Uh, because they... Uh, he Apparently he is a... I don't know if renowned Japanese actor, but he is a Japanese actor of note. And Capcom was apparently involved in some sort of publishing deal with him where he had to show up in that movie or they wanted to use that as a way to show him off. Uh, so they made a character, Captain Sawada, who only shows up for about, I would say 15 seconds. Um, nice. But yes. Um, I will have, you know, he is an integral part of the animated series. Do you really? <laughs> and the game Do not bring up that. Uh, <laughs> he plays a part in the animated series. That's great because we're gonna have to sh- we're gonna have to talk about that later, aren't we? I have watched all yeah. of those. All right. All so yeah. Um. So before they had to get the movie, or they actually start making the movie itself, um, they had to get casting, which they happened to spend all oh, about let's say eighty percent of their budget on two particular actors, uh, namely the two mains. Um, the first one being the most notable actor in this movie, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, who plays the American Guile. Because when I think of Guile, I think of Jean-Claude Van Damme. I think this Belgian man. Most, yeah. The most American man you could have picked. The most American Belgian man you could have <laughs> picked. I, I could have gone with Poirot and would have done just as well. No, look, they had an audition and everybody had to do Guile's flash kick and Jean-Claude Van Damme was the only one who could do it. Yes. It's a shame they did not get a... They could not pull off the flat top. Not at all. Cowards. Um, But yes, uh, probably the more... Not notable, but the more... Respected? 
Yes, respected actor. <laughs> uh, is the character who played, or the actor who played M. Bison, uh, that being one Raul Julia, who is... Rest in peace. Rest well, in that peace. too, but also um, not quite as well, not, doesn't have quite as big of a name uh, as, as Jean-Claude Van Damme, but he is definitely pretty respected um you might know him mostly outside of this movie as he played gomez adams in both adams family movies the only true good gomez and i believe also i'd say sean astin was not bad um but not sean astin john astin (laughs) um i mean that was his dad but anyway um (laughs) did he i believe he was a shakespearean actor or he had he did some i don't want to say upper class but some like more serious work outside of Julia? this? Yeah. Mm. Or, yeah, looking at his filmography, it's a lot of like serious movies. Until yes. you get to Overdrawn at the Memory Bank. Like Overdrawn at the Memory Bank. <laughs> yeah. um, Good old Ray Finkel. But yes, uh, he, um, yeah, definitely plays on Bison and uh, kind of ha- really, really hams it up. Uh, and also the reason why he picked this role uh, was also because his kids wanted to see it. Like, apparently he was talking to his kids about, hey, they want me to play this M. Bison character in this movie. Uh, and his kids said, you absolutely should do it. Um, also, kind of an unfortunate note uh, about this movie. But yes, um, I don't know if it came on during the filming. Uh, but during the filming of this movie, uh, Raul Julia was also battling cancer. Um which led him that apparently they wanted a lot more action scenes in this movie with him, but they kind of had to cut that out a little bit because he was, well, not well at the moment. Uh, which he did had not. Cancer. Yes, he, he, <laughs> they did not want to make him suffer more than he already is. Uh, that's not to say that he provides an anemic reaction or re- he does. Oh, he no. he makes that fucking movie. No. Holy yeah. shit! Any any scene that Julia appears and in is infinitely better than every other scene in the film. Yes. Um. And yeah, that when they just had those two actors, they apparently ate up about eight percent of their budget, which is why everyone else is kind of a somewhat no name actor. Um, especially I would say at the time because another interesting uh. Uh, casting in hindsight is uh, Kylie Minogue as uh, Cammy because 1994 she was not the star that she was like the worldwide star that she would eventually become. Uh, she was mostly popular in Queensland or in Australia, uh, which is probably why she was available because uh, the filming of this set took pr- uh, place primarily in uh, Queensland, which leads to some funny, interesting things. Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. we'll get to that when that scene comes up. Um, but yes, uh, yeah, everyone else is mostly actors that have not acted in many th- uh, many other things outside of, you know, Kenya Sawada. If nothing Sawada. else, though, the actual casting they tried to do was actually pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. bad. It's just, it's and not a lot of like actors. T-Hawk was played them. by someone with actual Native American heritage. It's just yep. a shame he only shows up for maybe five minutes. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, another hindsight uh, actor or actor that is, um, oh God, I, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, but uh, Ming Ya Win, uh, who plays Chun Li. Uh, she is, you, it's something that you don't pick up when you're listening to it, um, but when you're watching it and then you look it up, it's like, boy, that does sound like Mulan, doesn't it? Hmm. Yeah. 
uh, the mm. voice actor of Mulan um, shows up in this, or is Blaze Chun Kind of a pivotal character, yeah. But yes. Um, yeah, especially uh, completely non pivotal characters, um, Ken and Ryu, who <laughs> barely show yeah, up. Yeah, they're just <laughs> kind of there. Uh, also, another actor of note, um, or some note, uh, Roshan Seth, you might recognize from other movies, uh, the actor who played Dalsim. Uh, if you have watched the movie Gandhi, he is the character who plays Pandit Nehru. Um, also, if you've seen Temple of Doom, I believe he shows up in that as well. Uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, that is another recognizable face in this movie. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the casting of it. Um, other kind of interesting note that I did not realize because it was not really brought up a whole lot. Um, apparently Ice Cube wrote the song for this movie and also apparently did like the apparently the theme song and also wrote quite a few uh, songs on the soundtrack. Um, so there's that. I don't even think they played in the credits. Deep Blue Sea. Come on. He's got, he's got a storied, storied uh, movie uh, soundtrack history here. Yes. Is that the one that Samuel L. Jackson... No, is that... I just get Deep that. Blue Sea's with the super smart shark and it kills Samuel L. Jackson okay, like halfway through. I keep on getting that movie in Lake Placid mixed up. No, Lake Placid was Betty White. Oh, okay. Betty White made an album? Yes. Yeah, that's that a really fire, fire Tracks hip-hop album. Yes. As the kids would say. Um, yeah, so uh, outside of that... Um, just something to denote, since we when we've been doing the anime stuff, we really haven't had a chance to take a look at this because this is this information isn't quite as available. Uh, this movie had a thirty five million dollar budget, um, Dang. and made uh, about thirty three million in the U.S. market, <laughs> uh, but to- overall, apparently, made ninety nine million. So it did, in <laughs> fact, make its yeah. money back. Profit of sixty million is not nothing to sneeze at. I mean, it's double of what, or not almost double of what it put in so it's not that bad and this is in the 90s so yep so yeah that it did fairly well i think most people remember this in the bad line because it came like a year before mortal kombat and mortal kombat was the far superior movie uh also another thing that people might recognize or might think of this one a bit more uh is i believe this came out probably a year or two after the super mario brothers movie Mm. Uh, which, oh, actually affect, might, which also actually would. affected the uh, the acting or the direction of this movie because uh, Stephen E. D'Souza apparently has gone on record and said, "Yeah, after uh, Street, after Super Mario Brothers completely tanked, um, we don't want to do, we don't want to focus on the supernatural or uh, aspects of the series." Which is great when you see giant vats of various colored fluids. Chemicals and magnets. It's really weird that that would be their takeaway. It's like, oh yes, Super Mario Bros. movie. If we had no supernatural elements, that movie would have been fucking ace. It would have captured the essence (laughs) of the franchise. What's supernatural? What? I think Uh, it's because they switched, like, because they went to like an alternate reality. I think it's an isekai. God damn it! No, that's the super show. No, no, no. The movie, they, they, the, the two characters go into an alternate reality where King Koopa exists and all of them. But it's like, okay, you, also, 
even the supernatural stuff in like Street Fighter, like in Street Fighter Two, there even isn't that much. They start doing the weird aliens robots in three, but like in two, it's just oh, I have a fireball that I can shoot and a glowy thing. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I think they wanted to avoid like because I don't think like Ken like we're not. I think Ryu does like a punch that kind of looks like a Dodo Ken. Yeah, uh, he does. Weird because the like screen flashes when it happens, but they never draw attention to. it. Yeah, he's like I. He's doing kind of a, a counter move, and he does that uh, palms against each other and the fists out with the uh, fingers curled in, and does kind of like a push, push sort of movement with it. I think they just didn't know how to do Dalsim's limbs, so they just scrapped everything, all special moves. Like people are only allowed to use normal. Yeah, and they you also did my boy dirty. Yeah, and then the, also made him a scientist. Dalsim is Which... uh, genuinely my favorite character of the entire Street Fighter roster. Also, and never they did forget him how they so dirty. They the beauty that is Blanca's name. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Just the whole thing around Blanca in the movie is fantastic. They gave him gamer fuel to transform him. See, I, I thought it was just I thought it was watermelon mix. <laughs> they just ground up the rind just and the... Yeah. Um so yeah, uh kind of I guess we can go more into that in detail. Um yeah, why don't we actually just start talking about what happened in this movie? Because this movie is yeah. kind of fascinating. Um so basically it starts off. Uh, with a raid on, uh, do they even call it Shadowloo? Yeah, they call it Shadowloo. Yeah, yeah, yeah they amazing. call it Shadowloo a bunch. They never Straight stop on. calling it Shadowloo. And they kind Shadow. of say that it's somewhere in, around either Southeast Asia or Thailand, I believe. Which is just a big yeah, shrug. Which is fitting for the movie or mm -hmm. for the game because I believe that the little the place that it goes to when you fight Ben Bison in the game is Thailand. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, so there's like this, it starts off with this like war footage thing. Like it's a newscast or something like then they, there's like random tanks and everything. And then you get to see like route in like a bunch of soldiers, like, or I don't think they even make it in the base, but they see a bunch of soldiers like being caught and brought to M. Bison or, uh, he ends up just like straight up. Well, didn't he like break someone's He's neck? He just snaps like right two off the dudes bat. next. And I had, yeah. I had notes on here where it just goes, well, Julia kills a man and another man, but yeah. just snaps their neck like Vader. And then right after this, you see a, you see Chun-Li, who is a reporter in this movie, where, which I guess technically is true because I believe her Interpol um, kind of, not fault, like Interpol, like, um, What's that word when you're trying to be something as a way to, like, her subterfuge? Incognito. Yes, yeah, her incognito thing is that as a reporter. Uh, Undercover, yeah. And she is, um, at the moment, talking to one Colonel Guile, who is, <laughs> uh, in the scene, it's basically Jean-Claude Van Damme, um, basically eating meat into the camera. <laughs> and he says, he says a great line, uh, because uh, he knows that Bison is watching the broadcast, and he goes, "You like looking at you? Here's me tell." And then he just like basically like flips him off, and and it has it doesn't like the two thoughts don't connect at all. It's like, oh yeah, you like watching yourself. Fuck you. Uh, okay. It, no, he doesn't no, no. flip him off though. He does the arm gesture because he can't actually. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying like he doesn't he doesn't flip him off, but he flips him off by doing the uh, the fu. No. No, the the line the line was more along the lines of I know you're watching this because you like 
like when the news is about you or when people are talking about you, more like that, like playing into how egoistical um, he is. See, that would have made more sense. It's just the way he he says he presents it. It just sounded it sounded like the two thoughts didn't connect. That's Jean Claude Van Damme. Yes, like Jean Claude Van Damme could only deliver his thoughts via fist or okay. <laughs> Like, I like the guy, but he does know how to deliver lines. Yeah, no, his, his oh, martial okay. arts stuff's fun to watch, but his delivery is... Mm. Also, he works for the, the AN, the Allied Nations, because you can't really call him the U.S. But ah. I could have sworn I've seen, like, the U.N., like, as an abbreviation somewhere in the movie. No, like, no, in, in the AN background. Specifically. Okay. Like, it was, I like every, it was on everything. They branded that shit like a motherfucker. I was gonna say, also, also you know, they wearing blue helmets. Like a majority, yes, they of the time. were wearing blue helmets, and yeah. the the AN was on the side in white paint. They're they're basically like Rainbow Six, but with martial arts, just like this conglomerate of various nation nations and being soldiers and fighting wars. I guess they're, with they're UN being peacekeepers leader. without being able to call themselves UN peacekeepers. Something I, I did want to mention, though, was because uh, we're talking about how, how the movie starts out. And it starts out in media res. Like, all the stuff that was supposed to happen has happened, so now we're watching the reaction to it. And it kind of keeps this weird beat throughout the entire film where it doesn't feel like the pacing is bad, but it's wrong. And it's really hard to place exactly why everything that happens in the movie feels like it's happening at the wrong time, but it's not bad if that makes sense i think it's because they have all of these like different characters with different priorities and story so like mm. obviously the main priority is bison and um guile but then you have like these like side stories that tie into it like sagat versus ken ryu and then you have chun li and then to lesser extent uh her, her two buddies and right. then DJ and Zangief, and like it's kind of like everybody has is somewhere on their hierarchy, like how much screen time they get. So they kind of try and keep them paced throughout the entire movie. So it's not just, oh, you watched, you know, the entire movie for an hour, and all of a sudden, who the fuck is this guy, and why is he important? It just feels like it. It, it takes a step and lurches forward, and then takes another step and lurches forward, and it's just it's, very it's once awkward. again, it's they had all of this content to work with from the games, yeah, and kind of also repurpose. And the problem is, they decide to take all of it. <laughs> now, yeah. now we don't have we don't have uh, what's his name, the Bruce Lee copy. Lee oh yeah, the, oh yeah, there is no Fei Long in this movie. Fei Long, yes, yes. Um, um, I'm trying to think. I I think that is the only there's character. There's no Akuma. Well, Akuma, well, did Fei Long come uh, around by this time? Oh uh, yeah, because yes. uh, this was because Super Street Fighter Two added Cami, Fei Long, T Hawk, DJ, mm. and Who later made on made the bosses playable. Yeah, and the bosses are playable, and also Street Fighter or Super Street Fighter Two Turbo added Akuma as a secret boss. Ah, ah. So I don't think, and that was one that didn't get a whole lot of ports. So. I do know that I read that even though he wasn't in the movie, in the video game adaptation of the live-action movie, they did want to add Shenlong. Uh, and they had the recording, the live-action sprite recordings of somebody in a Shenlong costume, but they didn't have time to implement it. Huh. That's interesting. 
Shen yeah. Long being the urban legend character that doesn't actually exist. Who they turned into? Either Goku. way, speaking of pacing, yeah, let's get on with the movie. Oh yeah, because um, also to point out, uh, yeah, as Bear mentioned, uh, Chun Li has two uh people working with her, uh, being uh, E Honda and Balrog, of all people, um. So yeah, they're, uh, I believe Balrog's like the camera person and E-Honda's kind of the tech behind the thing. Yeah. Which in yep. uh, E-Honda, they had changed to Hawaiian so they could still keep the sumo, but, you know, changed Yeah, the they keep the sumo. They did, they did actually cast a Maori actor. So that was yep. at least yeah. not... No, as I said, like, it seemed like there were efforts made to actually make the casting fit, which I do appreciate. It's like yeah. a... It's like a weird... weird well... Actually, I'll go into that. Certain probably, certain ones, not so much, but yeah. like. But they didn't characters. entirely. They didn't entirely scar Joe the cast. Is the thing correct? Um, which after that point, I think like oh, one other thing they point out is so basically, Bison has a whole bunch of the AN soldiers for that the he is holding hostage. Among them is uh, Car- is Carlos Charlie Blanca. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Carlos. so Charlie is the nickname. Also, it's not so okay. So in part, it's soldiers, but the, the peacekeepers are there protecting the ally, the aid workers, and that's who he took hostage and put under. Yeah. So one thing um, that they try, because the thing is, is that it's weird if you put the context of Alpha in there, because I don't think Street Fighter Alpha had come out at this point. Um, but there was always a backstory of. Uh, Gaia looking for his lost crewmate or his lost, I guess crewmate might be the proper word, uh, but his crewmate, crewmate Charlie, who either died or is gone missing. Um, and I guess they tried to merge that character with Blanca so they can have an excuse to why is there this green man just kind of floating around here? Yeah, and they basically make Blanca the, t- the time through the power yeah. of gamer fuel. Exactly. Watermelon. Yes. Gamer fuel coming. So, yeah, they they use him as a experiment to try and because I believe one of Bison's also his um his goals is to take over the world. Of course, and the the yes. idea is that this is supposed to be super soldier, and it's yeah. hilarious because they they show a feed of like the stuff that they're using to program him, and it is the funniest shit. Oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's like a Ludovico technique, but dumber. Yeah, uh, it's also great. There is also a really good line uh, at this point where it, it, uh, Bison is looking and he's like, why isn't this working quite as much? And Dalsim is like, well, unlike you, he is not a monster. <laughs> and what's great, real attempt to science away what they're what's going on like they don't just sort of hand wave it they try to come up with strict grounded explanations and i just like the idea that strobe lights build muscle mass apparently yeah it's like the visual version of that thing you strap along your waist that builds your, <laughs> builds your waist. well that was the point of the gamer fuel uh it was it was uh like, like mutagenic compounds or something like that i forget what yeah. they had written on the side of it with a warning but basically, that was meant to mutate him and improve his muscle mass. But I, I appreciate that they did give at least attention to those details instead of just saying, oh, yeah, well, it just happens. Even if it's really terribly, like, techno-jargon nonsense, they still made an effort to sort of explain all this ridiculous stuff that's happening. 
So that's what I like is it wasn't even techno jargon. Yeah. Um I was all very straightforward what he was doing and what he was trying to do. Yeah. Um But yes, after we see that, uh we get one of the mini subplots of this movie. Uh mainly the Sagat as weapon smuggler thing, where he is running a underground um like fight club a kind of thing. And yeah. Um he is, yeah, warlord, weapon smuggler. Uh, <laughs> whereas we meet uh, Sagat, we also meet Ryu and Ken, who are con artists in this movie, for some reason. Uh, also, Sagat is running what they call the uh, Shadow Tong. Sure, they do. That, that's a they phrase. do. There's even yeah. a tattoo for it. <laughs> um. And it quickly introduces Ken Ryu as probably the two most useless characters of the movie. Yeah, they, Tweedledee they, and Tweedle fucking dumb. Yeah, exactly. They, they do. They could be taken out of the movie, and you would not have anything lost. Yeah, so any of their great, scenes could go away. Yeah, it's like as a bit of an aside, is that they have exactly the same personalities and same chemistry in the animated series, and it's the dumbest thing. <laughs> Good. It it's a, it's not even that one's more fiery than the other. And I do like, no. I do like though. Again, tiny detail. They do uh, give them their outfits later on, purely by accident. Like obviously they meant to do it in the movie, but like just the 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 villains give them their outfits by accident, and it's actually I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's a there's a more egregious one later on, but we'll get to that. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, basically. Sagat kind of shows up, Ken and Ryu, and forces is it uh, forces Ryu uh, to fight fight against one of his fighters, uh, that being yes. Vega, uh, who has the mask and claw. Although he throws them both away for this initial fight. No weapons, no weapons, no weapons. I want to. Uh, I want to right there. Vega can get it. Uh, also, uh, those weapons, those props were kind of great because you could tell that they were not. The most expensive props. They were covered <laughs> in aluminum foil. <laughs> yeah. But even the Vega fight, like, the Vega fight takes so long for them to set up. It's very awkward, and that part, I would say, was very poorly paced. Well, yeah, no, then, it's them styling on each other for a yeah. few minutes while the crowd is yelling, no weapons, no weapons, no weapons. And then it was like, this fucking is a fight. fucking underground fight betting ring. Yeah. Why would they give a shit? Right, and then and then to top it off, after what felt it uh, must have been like two three minutes of them just you know squaring up, then a car just busts through and there's no fight anyway. Yeah, they, or Guile drives a tank through the side of this building, <laughs> and everyone gets yes. arrested. He just says, "Ah, you're all under arrest." Yeah, <laughs> and then I they're mean, in jail. <laughs> I mean, it was he was pointing his two rockets at them. They had no defense. Yeah. Is he legally allowed to do that? Who knows? Anyway, and after that, you see a scene of everyone in AN jail. Um, also, you see a scene of um, basically an assassination attempt where this guy just kind of walks in, tries acting as like a maybe a butler, uh, then just turns into a kung fu dude who Guile kicks a lot. And he's, he's so ineffective. Like, he has this tiny knife. And he just barely gets on the table, and Guile just whips him down, and that was the end of it. Yeah, and then they find the tattoo on him and say he's part of the the uh, Shadow Lutong. Yeah. 
Yes. Like, it was the most half-assed assassination attempt. Yeah. Also, like, the, the, the tattoo, like, the, the image for the Shadowloo Tong is, is like, what was it? Like, a snake wrapped around a dagger? Something like that. Yeah. It and looked... they use this for the most amazing scene transition ever, because it transitions over to Sagat's tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Symbolism. This this uh, gumball machine ass tattoo. Um Yeah. So one other thing I do want to point out in this uh prison scene that's incredibly stupid is that somehow uh Vega manages to fashion a shiv claw. Yes, yes, he has a... F- no, it's not even just a shiv claw. It's a full-on bone claw with, like... No, it's not bone. It's, like, bits of bamboo and claws from, like, animals. Okay, because... because No, like thorns, I- actually. It's more yeah, like thorns. Okay, I can believe that a little bit more, because when I was watching, I was like, how the fuck did he get bone, and how did he fashion that into a... Even, even, if, it's, even if it's bamboo still, though, how and when? Yeah... It's uh, fine because he doesn't use it at all. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, he, he also doesn't use it there either. Um, so that is when uh, Sagat and Ken and Ryu kind of, I guess, are teaming up for this bit uh, in order to bust out of the jail. Um, it is also at this point um, they do manage to bust or like break out of the jail, um, but unfortunately, uh, during their breakout, uh, Guile gets shot, and they think he's dead. Others think he's dead because you're not going to kill Jean Claude Van Damme in the middle of the movie. Are you kidding well, me? Well, this is Man, also before wouldn't. we had uh, Jean Claude Van Damme sit Ken and Ryu aside to to talk to them and then plot all this out. Yeah, um, yeah, because he he looks at these two grifters, these two absolute chumps, and goes, "Yeah, they could definitely help us with this humongous rescue uh, mission slash." Ending a tyrant. Mind you, they did try screwing Sagat on an arms deal, so they're already pretty fucking ballsy. Yeah. They are, but they're also extra stupid. <laughs> they yeah. are profoundly stupid, <laughs> and it never stops through that the whole fucking movie. Also, yeah. like it's it's at this point where I kind of notice like everybody seems to be getting their shirts ripped off, like throughout this entire movie, not just. Kind of like uh, Hulk Hogan, just like somebody's pulling somebody's shirt off at, at random I- intervals throughout this movie. It's just kind of like, why do we have this? Why is this? Why is this a theme? I mean, don't forget the the emphasis on like uh, when they first introduced Vega. Going back a little bit, just mm. the emphasis on his beautiful face and his rippling, shining, gleaming muscle. <laughs> I mean, you had me. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, I think it was like just a little bit after this, we get a great scene of more Raul Julia scenery chewing when he is talking about uh, his building that he is making. Or uh, Don't forget, so a little before that, they have the discussion about Guile being dead and how he's sad to see Guile dead because that means a great challenger is gone now that could actually challenge him. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. he said he couldn't fight him person to person and kill himself. Yeah, Bison has yeah. the same combat mentality as Goku. <laughs> Essentially. And also the building is literally just his 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 logo. The building itself is just the skull logo for his regime. Well, yeah. going going back to the building he was mentioned, it was he was showing this design plan for Bisonopolis. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. And he was he was talking about his plans uh, to basically raise a group of super soldiers, Blanca being like the prototype for it, to then conquer the planet and usher in the Pax Bisonica. <laughs> sure. Yep. A lot of parts of me just retched at that. It's so good. It's great, but it's also horrible. Um, and yeah, uh, a little bit after this, um, we find out that Guile is, in fact, not dead. Um, also, we get the scene oh. of Vega, or not Vega, uh, Sagat and Bison having this like arms deal with also a, was it like a belly dancer or something? Yeah. That may, that may or may not have that, just be Chumley in disguise. Oh, but- but even before that, when we find out that Guile isn't dead, he basically they had him wrapped up in a body bag, and he didn't reveal he's not dead until Chun Li started snooping around the basement where his body was being held in the most ridiculous fucking outfit too. <laughs> yeah, nearly gave her a heart attack. So yeah, he was pretending to be dead for like what, like twenty hours, probably something like that. Yeah, and literally just comes just revives only because Chun Li went down there. And yes. Um, Just to threaten her, mind you, because he doesn't like journalists, and he makes this very clear. <laughs> but also, at the same time, he comes off, like, super sexist in the way he talks to her and some oh, of the other he characters. he absolutely talks down to her. It's awful. And he yeah. is plainly American. But then, we get, then, like you said, we get back to the scene where there's a belly dancer who's definitely not Chun-Li, not, definitely not. And those two people with her are not Ehan Balrog, definitely not. And uh, Saga is uh, trying to deal with also, It wasn't really belly dancing so much as it was just generally uh, just dancing and putting on a sort yeah. of little magic Just general yeah. gyration. Yes. <laughs> That's a way to put it. My favorite. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, they are having this go on. Um, and then while Bison is excited, also Sagat and Bison have this conversation and uh, they're talking over the deals of like terms of payment that Sagat uh, will be take a part of, and Sagat's like, "Oh, what? What is my payment?" Uh, and Bison is not going to is going to pay him in Bison dollars. Bison's he hands him a chest full of just, and Sagat opens it up, and he's like, "What is this funny money? Like, what is this? <laughs> it's literally monopoly." And Bison's money. like, "It's Bison dollars, and it's- they'll be worth." Two British pounds to a single dollar. No, no, he's, I think it was like three. It was five. It was, it was five. It was, it was, it was five. five British pounds to a dollar when I kidnapped the queen and have her set it back. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if he had held out for like another twenty or so years, I'm sure it would have been worth more than the pound now. Probably. Yeah. Also, it's great because after he says that, Sagat has just a look like. Complete look his, of like, what am I doing? Yeah, he, are his, you fucking kidding me? His look is the look of every single person who has watched the movie and heard those lines. It's like you're legit. Your plan to take over the world involves kidnapping the queen to force her to make your currency legit and valuable. Okay, look, I appreciate the the actors in the movie because they most of them can actually deliver their shit pretty well, and like Sagat. The person playing him just delivers like the sheer confusion <laughs> and anger so beautifully on his face before yelling. Because um, like the, all of the actors are actually pretty competent, if I'm gonna be real. Oh yeah, like the yeah. actors are really good in this movie. For yeah. like, they are not. They don't like have name recognition or name power, but they they're they did their job pretty well. Yeah. 
Um, like the material, material is not the best they were working with, but they sold it and they sold it really well. Um, yeah, like like when watching it, I never like thought like, man, this is like bad acting, except for you know Sean Cullen. Uh, I more <laughs> like thought like, oh man, like why did they change this character to be you know a fucking journalist or a good guy or whatever instead? But the actual acting was pretty on point. Yes. And at this point, also, um, basically, Chumley kind of gets kidnapped, but also Guile raids this thing, uh, which has one of the best lines in this entire film, or one of the, like, several best lines in this movie, <laughs> uh, which is at some point, a there's a camera feed of a tank rolling into, like, the area that they're about to be in, and you just see the tank just coming in on this camera and Zangief's watching it, and just all of a sudden goes, quick, change the channel! Change the channel! <laughs> uh, that, also, was, real quick. That, that was the... when Chun-Li sent um, uh, the van with a bomb inside. I didn't think it was uh, Kyle. But yes, that is the best joke. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. That was when they were trying to assassinate okay, so- Bison. So basically what happened is, uh, to, to clarify a bit, so the arms deal goes south. Uh, Jun Lee and her buddies had already fucked off, are outside, uh, discussing what their next plan is. Uh, and they managed to rope in Ken and Ryu, who they capture because they're fucking idiots. Uh, and Ken's too busy thinking with his dick because he really wants to fuck Chun Lee. Uh, and so they convince them to get in on their plan to help them. And so they go back inside, and there's Bison's side, uh, and then there's the Shadow Tong side, at odds with each other, and they try to talk, the two of them try to talk them down. They manage to bring them together, and they get outside, and then they see on this little TV, this, this live feed from Chun-Li and friends, uh, Chun-Li basically saying, I finally got you, Bison, I finally found you, essentially. And then they mention the bomb, and that's when uh, our, our good buddy Zangief goes, quick, change the channel uh, before the bomb goes off and blows up all of the munitions there that they were trading. And, and how Ryu and Ken get captured is they're too busy arguing with each other to notice that they've now just walked into the middle of the failed arms deal with the two sides squaring off. And they, it just kind of camera pulls out and we see the two sides of them, the both of them look at you like, ah, shit. Yeah. Also, I like the comment how DJ has more character in this movie than in the game. <laughs> yeah, he, do- he kind of does, because DJ kind of does nothing in the actual games. Yeah. Um, Man, yeah. he has more personality in the fucking animated series than the games. Yeah, that is not hard. Um, it really isn't. But yeah, uh, so Chumley gets kidnapped. Uh, or is now in Bison's possession. Um, and then here we have a scene of uh, Bison trying to, to, I guess, I don't know if seduce Chun-Li. Woo. Yeah. Um, which has uh, basically, and this is where Chun-Li uh, gives her motivation for why she's doing this. And that she, uh, her village was wiped out by Bison. Uh, which brings to probably the most famous line of this movie. Uh, one of the two yes it is either the change channel or let's see if i can get let's see this has to have the full quote here let's change the channel this one and then there's one more which is only a two-word line but still quite famous yes um 
So basically, Bison cannot remember uh, destroying Chumley's village and gives this quote. For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day in your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. And I stand by that line as a fantastic. It gets it gets treated as kind of like stupid and cheesy. I think it's clever and really good. Keep in oh, mind, it's this, an absolutely amazing line. It this is by the same guy who screen wrote Commando. Yeah, it, it's weird, right? Yeah. This but is the guy, this is by the same person. Line. This is by the same person who had remember when I said I'd kill you first or last. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> <laughs> but even that, like right. they, these lines are clever in their own way, and yes. the way that he just flips that wording at the end of that, it's it's it, one, it's it's a clever line, and two, it fits his character to a T. This, yes. is a, this is an egomaniac who, and in God, Raul yeah. Julia delivers it so fucking beautifully. Like, he's just so into his line. Like, he believes all this stuff. He's just this perfect egomaniac, and that line defines him. I, I think my favorite part about that line is that he remembers it was too. So, technically, he probably does remember it. He's just, like, pretending he doesn't. Yeah. Unless he has, like, this. Strict, strict schedule of only raiding villages on Tuesdays. <laughs> to be fair, he could have just thrown a random day out there. Yes. Could have been. Um, just also, like to emphasize that this was any old day of the week. Also, to point out, because thank you, Act, for making note of this, um, for some reason, <laughs> one of the posters he has in this room is this weird clown painting. Yes, it's a John Wayne Gacy <laughs> clown painting of Bison. Of himself. It's so good. <laughs> like, I, 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 was, I, so I was watching, I had to rewind it, because like, I could, that couldn't have been there. No, it's Bison as a John Wayne Gacy clown. Why? <laughs> also, there was a, the, the chandelier... In their their atrium, made of it's made bone. Of bone. It's so, a chandelier made of skeleton, if you would. Uh, <laughs> my my favorite was the computer that's actually an arcade cabinet. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a little bit later on, but yes. Um, and we'll see that, uh, that as <laughs> as um, yeah, because basically then Guile uh, realized, oh, we need to raid Bison's headquarters in order to get Chumley back. Um, yeah. And they do this via boat. Um, and there's uh, a actually, reason... Actually, before this... Uh, so, let's see. Ken and Rio had also been captured. Yeah. Right. Uh, they thought they were they were evil. So they had brought them in as, uh, as basically people to work for them, martial artists, which is why they got the, the red and white geese and all that. Right. Um, and then... Uh, what is it? Um, I forget their names. Uh, Varog and uh, Ihanda were busy getting tortured, and Ihanda in particular was getting whipped on the back and taking it like a champ. And it's yeah. really good because at one point they briefly uh, just change the camera to Ihanda's back to like go, "Oh, that's that's horrifying." And it's just like these really little like bits of ketchup on his back, basically lines of it. It looks terrible. I mean, that whole scene had me feeling. Pretty damn uncomfortable, to be honest, because context. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know, like, I know they're trying to go for something serious there, but you've got a scene of a white dude whipping a person of color, and you're trying to sort of play it off. It's almost lighthearted, because Ehan is clearly not giving a shit, and he's just, he's there, no big deal. And it's just like, 
it, it felt really flat compared to the rest of the movie, which is going for like a, a it was genuinely lighthearted, you know, stuff. It wasn't super heavy, but this didn't fit at all. Yeah, uh, it's also then when uh, Ken and Ryu come in to free them, and they think Ken and Ryu are bad guys still, <laughs> as they beat them up. You're like, no, no, we're we're we're, we're helping you, <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Um, so this is when they go run off to save Chun Li, and and yes. then the the um, getting back to the boat. I did actually have a note that I'm sure you saw was uh, yeah. where where did I where did it go? Yeah, it, it, this cyber truck ass boat. Yeah. Um, so there's actually a production reason for that. Um, actually, could we like first round about to that before we go in detail to that? Sure. Because um, yeah, so basically. Uh, also, they go to save Chun Li, and it's it's beautiful. It's so beautiful how they fuck her over, actually. And and also, we actually missed one other thing: is before Guile goes on the raid, he's explicitly told by the AN that he is no longer in charge, and that the uh, the entire thing is off. War's canceled. Go home. Uh, and Guile instead just goes, "Oh, war's canceled. I'm gonna go parkour my way over to this boat. Fuck you." And he just realized, parkour. exactly, War's dead parkour. So Guile completely ignores the Anne's orders, which I think breaks. I think that would be a Geneva Convention thing. Like he commits quite a few war crimes. I think in this movie. Yeah, but it's like the rules of engagement, and that if <laughs> if he wins, then it doesn't matter, like what the crime, because yeah. like. It's obviously like he doesn't give a shit with authority. Yeah. Um, so that's why we get to the. Also, I was just to say that British guy did tell. Relieved of duty, is a posh, evil British character I've <laughs> seen in a while. Yes, <laughs> it's so good. Like he, like trying to remember now. I'm having a hard time remembering whether he wore glasses or a monocle because he was just he like wore that. Like, he, he wore yeah, normal glasses. glasses, but he was like. Okay. Really well dressed too. Yeah, yeah. He he was your 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 typical you know, uh, God. I don't want to say exactly, but like government stooge sort of character. It's kind of the Tristan Bearcat kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but going so now we're on the boat. Going back to the boat. Um, there was Elon a production Musk. reason for that. Um, mm. because um. They were this was filming in Queensland. They originally wanted this to be them to raid the island via helicopter. But Myanmar is right next to Australia. Um, and in 1994, uh, Myanmar's situation was not exactly stable. Uh, so they didn't want to get shot down. <laughs> so yep. they decided to, let's be safe and just use boats. So we got the stealth boat. And it's even better, too, because they have fucking face shields on their helmets. Yeah, that they put down when they go to stealth. Which, why? It's great, too, because they were like, ah, we've seen a stealth bomber. We we understand. Let's turn that into a boat, not understanding why a stealth bomber is shaped and painted the way it is. And it's not because it turns invisible. (laughs) We're making fun of this now, but you guys realize the Cybertruck was revealed like last yes, week. Yes, I know! Oh, yes. oh, oh I, so I was just... frustrating! Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. I took oh. a look at the boat, and I was like, that is this fucking Cybertruck. 
it's like, oh, how dumb the nineties were with their like stupid vehicle design. Am I right? It's like, nah, nah. It's like it's fine. It's it's aged like fine wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it doesn't beautiful. look any any less dumb now than it did then. It doesn't look like a PS one goddamn. No, but we can't pretend <laughs> we're above it. Is the problem? I know. I know. Yeah. Um. So, I wrote yes. Blanca is Lilu, and I forget why. I don't know either. <laughs> um, yeah, so they raid the island, and then there's a bunch of fights, and that is where we reveal uh, that Bison's control uh, setup to set up, or like for his island, uh, is just a Street Fighter II arcade panel. Which is so good. Well, before this, uh, the issue is uh, going back a little bit. Um, when. Uh, Ken, Ryu, Balrog, and Ihanda go to save Chun-Li. Chun-Li was in the middle beating the ever-loving fuck out of Bison. Just oh, yeah. beating the absolute shit out of him. And they come in, interrupt her, so he gets away and starts gassing the fucking room. Uh-uh. Yep. It, was, it, was also, it was also a good, like, um, exchange because Bison was all like, no, you're just a woman. You can't really do anything. If you could, you would have by now. And then she just proceeds to kick his ass. Just absolutely beat the shit out of him. And you know, which they come in, surprise her, and he is able to get away. Which, like, just to compare it to like Mortal Kombat, the movie, uh, where you have this super capable woman character, and then like Shang Tsung just grabs her by the hair and pulls her away, and she's pu- per- perfectly helpless. I mean that that everybody knows that's a, a weak point is being having your hair pulled. It's, I'm just say just saying she's all your powers. Like this movie's much better about women. Yeah, it's interesting because like the character of Guile is super sexist, but like the way the movie itself treats the women characters is a lot better. I mean, you say that, but Cammy gets nothing. Okay, so Chun-Li <laughs> gets nothing. good stuff. Cammy's just kind of there to be Cammy. Yeah, I mean, a lot of characters just don't get it. Cammy is there to suck Guile's dick. Not does much. she like? Boom. Does she have like the hots for him? I yes, yes, she stuff. does. Yeah, okay. like this whole this whole movie has like this undercurrent of horniness running through it. But everybody's horny for like only Jean Claude on them, and nobody's like horny for Raul Julia. Which I mean, that's how you know they're all wrong. Yes. Um, yeah, so there is, they're writing the, uh, thing. And there's also this weird scene of, uh, basically because Guile and Bison fight. Also, Honda and Zangief fight. Um, and the way they film it makes it, like, this weird, like, kaiju kind of thing. Yes! Yeah, yeah. Yes! Now now that I think about it, isn't that just a, wasn't that actual, like, a, Zangief Honda kaiju fight. Wasn't that in Nat Traps? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh wow, I never like made the fucking connection. Is Nolan mentioned specifically it is the Japanese folks working with them who hack in and see this. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was and it wasn't just a, it was wasn't just a Honda and Zangief, it was also a guy Bison somehow ended up. In no, it no, too. it was it was specifically Honda or, Zangief, but it was okay. playing the noises. <laughs> yeah, and Honda was like Gamma or something. I don't know, <laughs> something like that. Just just name a kaiju, you'll probably nail it. 
Yeah. It was exceptionally stupid and really weird and out of place. Yeah. It was great. Um Oh, we've passed over the uh one of the other key lines. Uh, trying to remember oh no, it was when uh Guile's coming at them in the boat and after they've destroyed all of the I think the AA missile um they were not even like aa missile turrets they were just guns they were just yeah so they destroy all the guns and then they uh they get caught and they they're like holy shit can you believe that he's coming at us and bison delivers his other line of course and starts explaining that you know he's gonna now go take out guile Uh, also the important thing to know is also is is once again so bison is controlling all of these defenses uh, with a very specific console. Yes, in front of him. That, that yeah, is the, the Street Fighter yeah, 2 arcade panel. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. Because all he's controlling, all that's happening is just fucking machine guns and uh, just just mines, really. Like, this movie has a lot of little details in it that are really nice if you, you could call them Easter eggs or just, you know or whatever, but they, they really do add to the charm of the, fo- the film. Yeah, it, it gets a lot of things right and a lot of things wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, also, I think, is it around here um, when Balrog just randomly gets his costume from the game out of nowhere? <laughs> yeah, uh, there's like yeah. Just some weird moment where just everybody all of a sudden is in their like video game costumes, like Cammy, yeah, Just suddenly gets boxing gloves, and it's weird. Yeah, it's like the only ones who who got their uh, outfits, I'd say, organically were Ryu and Ken, and then um, I guess Guile was always in his outfit, kind of, not quite, and oh, then also, and then Vega I... was always in his outfit. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then Blanca. They're like the only ones who get their outfits naturally through the story, versus it just going, "Oh, now they've got them on." Well, there was the uh, the the dude, the torturer dude, who was looking through his like items, uh, and they end up beating the shit out of him. Mm. I think that's where the the idea is where they got them. The one of my favorite things is that Ryu loses his shirt, but Ken never loses his shirt for some weird reason. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and also this is when Guile and Bison are fighting. We see some great, great special effects of Good him flying, flying around. You look. I wonder if you could really, if you look really hard, if you can see the wires. So, so th- that was another thing I, I wanted to point out was again the little uh, the details and the ex- explanations. They explain how Bison can float like he does in the games, and it's electromagnetic uh, uh, stuff that he has on his shoes, and that's how he uses what he uses to fly. Yeah, They're magnets. Made. Well, also, well, also he crashed into a computer, and then the electricity gave him superpowers. Right, exactly. Normally, it's science. Yes. Um, also around this time is where we see Blanca for the first time, and he looks not great <laughs> in many yeah. ways. Um, but yeah. Uh, he... it's, it's also around this time that uh, we forgot to mention that uh, Dalzim, uh, about halfway through, just for shits and giggles, decided to sw- just swap the 
evil programming for good programming so <laughs> blanca can choose uh and it's great because the guard with him who's like this fat sloppy piece of shit just snoring away except to occasionally notice what's going on notices gets into a fight with dalsim and knocks him into the chemicals they did my boy dirty they did your boy dirty dalsim got no good in that movie and it pisses me off because he was my main it's also their way of kind of explaining away the weirdness with him in the games, but they never show it, honestly. Yeah. Probably wasn't in the budget. <laughs> but yeah, yeah they, they eventually summon up Blanca. Uh, this was actually before the fight. Uh, they summon up Blanca so he can then go kill the UN, excuse me, the AN aid workers, uh, to which he does not, because he now has the right to choose and discover good for himself. Like Mega Man X. Yeah, and, and Bison gets fucking pissed. Yes. That's it. I don't think Blanca really does anything outside no, of that. No, he doesn't. No, no he doesn't. <laughs> there's no fights with Blanca. He's just sort of a side plot. Just the, exists the, to disappoint Bison. The, the, the makeup was very fragile. They didn't want him to like, do anything risky. Um... But I do like that in all the in the Ken Ryu fight when they're like f- fighting a bunch of people, uh, they actually do use some Street Fighter moves. And uh, in the fight with um, uh, Guile and Bison, uh, Guile does actually do a flash kick at one point. Yeah, I know. Uh, Ken does his his spinning uppercut. I forget what it's he does. Sure, you can. Yeah, he also does- but he doesn't rise when he. No, it's like a weird spinning punch. Yeah, it's so, so weird. That's, it's it's really good because the Ken one's really sloppy, yeah. uh, which yeah. once again kind of describes him in that movie. <laughs> yeah, because they, 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 they try and he, he tries and uh, does a Tatsumaki. Um, well, that's for you who does that. Oh, I, I remember one of them did. What's the Tatsumaki? That's a that spinning, one that's spinning kick. Spinning. Oh, right, right. Lightning so the thing. only thing Ken really did was the Shoryuken. Uh, Ryu did the Haruken, which was great because it was once again just the hand motion. Nothing came out, but there was a flash on the screen, and I think it was Vega went to the ground. Yeah. Does I think also Cammy does her like? Yeah, I think Cammy. Uh, uh, yeah, I think Cammy does that. She might also at one point do a. She doesn't do like a can. I can't remember if she did a cannon spike or not. I don't think she did. She, like, but anything. she did that one grab when they were storming the base outside. Oh, okay. So some characters actually do the moves. Um, and then for some characters, like, um, they get the costumes, like, accent, like, naturally. But then Honda, instead of having face paint, just has blood on his face and the shape of face paint. Mm. Yeah. And also, once again, just no shirt. He he lost his shirt, and that was actually relatively natural. And the other thing, too, is, you know, the the choreography for the fights kind of matches a lot of the rest of the movie there's a lot of listlessness to it it's a little sloppy it's not the worst you've you've ever seen but at the same time it's not very good and there's just very little impact to what everybody's doing to each other it also doesn't help that like a lot of the jean-claude van damme fight or when he tries to do fight moves he's not like he's not doing like anything like guile would like almost all of his moves are Jean-Claude Van Damme jump kicks. That's about it. Yeah. Like, I'm almost, I'm almost surprised he didn't do a split. 
Because, yeah, at this point, we've got Guile and uh, Bison fighting, and then you've got uh, Vega, um, Sagat, as well as Ken and Ryu fighting uh, each other, which is also great. It's it. It's where you see the moves, and it is exactly as sloppy as it sounds. Yeah. Yes. Also, uh, also DJ has, at this point, fucked off because everything is coming down. Yeah, because he... shit. Yeah, and it's funny too because they try to play it off as he's sort of got a conscience, but no, he's actually he's just he's he's got a conscience in that he's he he knows he's he been doing money. bad. So yeah, so he just wants to steal shit. He, it's he funny. also he, drops the line, "I should have stayed working at Microsoft." It's, <laughs> it's also great because underrated it, in a weird way, uh, they almost flip the characters of like the characters or characterizations of DJ and Balrog. Yeah, because DJ teams up with Balrog near the end. That, yeah, and also, because Balrog, like, his main thing is that he just wants money in, like, the actual game. And, and I forgot what DJ is motivation yeah, in the game, because he kind of Yeah, also, DJ never, never fights. He just is kind of a greedy asshole. Yes. <laughs> He's the hacker who, who question? Yeah, who questions, like, uh, Bison's motives pretty much the whole way through up until he tries to fuck off. Whereas Zangief thought he was fighting for the good guys the entire time. And then Zongief does a complete 180, helping out the uh, resistance and AN fighters. Yeah, because it was kind of good that they realized that, yeah, just because he is quote-unquote Russian, he's not necessarily bad guy. It's like the, it's like the Rick Ralph thing. He is like, he is not bad guy. He he might be bad guy, but he is not bad guy. <laughs> well, um, in this case, he was just being misled. Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's pretty much it. And then basically, uh, Guile ends up winning over Bison. And then, um, is it who is it that sets the self destruct? Hmm, I forget. I the important thing oh, is, I, yeah, th- he, I think he, it, I thought um, I thought that Guile kicks Bison into a lot more electrical into shit. The- and then that I think he actually kicked him and... onto the self destruct. Yeah, oh, okay. and then he gets buried. Then Bison gets buried under the rubble. And no, that doesn't happen up. yet. Oh. Uh so he gets knocked onto it, and Bison is presumed to be dead. But then all of a sudden, his fucking jacket starts just moving and undulating, uh, and trying to bring him back to life. Uh, until eventually it does, and then this is when he starts going ape shit with the magnetic powers. Right, this is when he palpatines. Yeah, he comes yeah. back, he starts throwing with, lightning, flying into the air, doing the psycho crusher. With some of the worst lightning screen effects that I've seen in a movie. Oh, it's no, these, so these bad. are traditional 90s lightning effects, and I will not have you disparage them. <laughs> these are glorious, gloriously 90s. Yeah, but then Guile ends up winning again. And then, uh, so. Everyone flees the building, and it collapses in on itself. Uh, um, also, importantly, but, uh, as as everyone's trying to flee, uh, our boy DJ found a a large uh, a large metal case in in Bison's uh, safe, takes that, and is intercepted by Sagat and Vega, who are also trying to get out, and is strong armed by them to go with him and split whatever's in the box. Yeah. Also, there's another good line. I think it was earlier when DJ or Zangi finds DJ running away, and he's like, "DJ's like, yeah, I'm I'm out of here. I like I I'm the amount of money I'm getting paid is not worth it." 
and the DJ runs off and Zengi flexes the camera is like, you got paid? <laughs> this is also when Zengief realized that Bison was evil because Bison mentioned like working for Bison, uh, not Bison, uh, Zengief mentioned working for Bison being like the good guy. And then DJ's like, he's not the good guy. He's never been the good guy. Yeah. Are you an idiot? Uh, thus, yeah. uh, canonizing uh, Zengief is actually the best character in Street Fighter. <laughs> um, I feel like yes. some of us are biased. So <laughs> no, he's objectively the best one. Uh, together with Dan, who wasn't shown in this movie. Yeah, I'll see him. Dan, Dan did not exist yet. Um, but yes, uh, building collapses. Uh, Guile is presumably in the building when it collapses, because uh, you get that scene of oh, everyone's outside the building except for the person, and then Cammy's all sad that Guile is dead. But oh wait, he walks out just fine. Right through the smoke. Yeah, uh, out of the dust. And then they're like they talk to each other for a little bit, and then I forgot what, exactly what the ending line is. Or, but there, there's something about, um, there may be more like, um, something like Bison is dead, but that doesn't mean that he won't return. And then after that, you get the yes. freeze frame ending of everyone doing all the actors doing the in game or the char- game characters victory animations. Okay, but you skipped one thing that's so dumb. Very important, stupid thing. Okay, so they're talking about how this place is now going to be destabilized because Bison's out of power. So Ken and Ryu both volunteer to stay on so and fix it, the country. It's better than that. It's not even that. It's So basically the entire time that this was happening, uh, Guile had roped in Ken and Ryu by, saying, by holding on to their passports and detaining them, essentially saying, I'm not giving you your passports until all this is done. So at the very end, when he's like offering them passports, he's like, you can keep them. We're going to stay here and help out. It's like, no, you need your passports, you fucking <laughs> idiots. Uh, and also at the same time this is happening, we get a scene of uh, DJ, Sagat, and Vega all gathered around this case, this large metal case, excited about the money that's inside, and they pop it open, and it's full of bison dollars. <laughs> Hell yep. yeah. Come up and maybe, and then they get arrested. They they don't get arrested. They, they... Oh, they don't. I thought no, they were no, nothing. No, no, them. they're they're completely separate. From they're just else. left in despair, like very obvious despair. Yeah. As we go back to the main cast, and then they do all that shit. Yeah. Uh, and then you know we we cut to credits, uh, and if you finish and wait through the credits, the very end you'll see a promise that they could literally never deliver on. Yeah, they 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 do a sequel hook where Bison's not quite dead. Um, however, they immediately they were going to do a sequel, uh, but then they decided that would be um, disrespectful Poor to taste. Ralph yeah. Julia, who had passed away. Which, by the way, the first thing you see in the credits uh, is, um, I believe it is phrased as, uh, for Ralph Julia via Condeos. Yeah. It's, it's specifically his full name that they put, too. It's not like it's just Ralph Julia. All right. Uh, and uh, it's actually really, really touching, if I'm going to yes. be honest. Yeah, it, it's oddly touching after the absolute dumbness that is that ending. It, it, to be fair, Rao Julia was clearly having as much uh, fun as he could. Or with no, it. no, actually, it is apparently just it is just for Raul. By a Condios. Yeah, no, like uh, well, Julia has so much fun in this film, and and every and you just enjoy it so much. It's 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 not a good movie, but it is a very fun movie. Yes, 
it's bad in a charming way. Exactly. Like, I would watch this movie again. This is not a good movie, but I would genuinely enjoy watching it again. Yeah, yeah I've I, watched it multiple times, and I enjoy it every time, honestly. It, it's, yeah, actually, it's actually a kind of... I mean, we have not ranked the Super Mario Brothers movie yet, but it, it seems like it is a completely different atmosphere where all the actors... Uh, had fun actually acting that movie uh, as compared to Super Mario Brothers movie where everyone was too busy getting plastered. <laughs> uh, for good reason. Yeah, no, I, I, think, I think it's a fun movie. It's a really fun movie. Is it yeah. a good movie? No, no but it's yeah. a fun movie. Which, which speaking of, uh, I think that gives us, uh, or is a good point for us to actually rank this thing. So, uh, getting on to actually ranking this. So, uh, if for some reason this is your first time uh, listening, or if you have not... Uh, oh, actually, before we rank, uh, just a point of comparison, because it is the reason why we are talking, taking a look at this. So we actually have ranked two games that are in that we can tie to this movie, uh, that being uh, Street Fighter II Championship Edition uh, and the actual game that was based on this movie, Street Fighter... Uh, let's see, Street Fighter the Movie. Um in our ranking list of uh, as we rank games on a 1 to 21 scale, uh, with 1 being uh, to complete total Mastercraft and 21 being don't even bother trash, um, currently Street Fighter 2 is sitting at around a 7, which is uh, above average, uh, even above... It's pretty high. It's relatively high. It is... We felt that it is... Oh, it is... Obviously, it's one of the first like true like fighting games as they are today. Uh, it is kind of basic, but it still holds up comparatively well to some other games. Uh, the game that was based on this movie, uh, we can't say the same uh, because <laughs> it uh, is currently sitting at a 20. Uh, it is a game that was created by a company called Incredible Technologies, whose only other fighting game at the time uh, was one called Time Killers, uh, which is sitting at 19 and is also not good. Um, but... Did you rank the PlayStation 1 Capcom rehash of the we movie? Have, we game? have not, because that one's actually decent because it uses the Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo Engine. Um, but yes, uh, one other thing to point out about the movie itself is that not only did all the actors act in this movie, obviously, uh, but they did stick around to actually mocap. Well, not mocap. They were fo uh, like, I don't photo digitized. I don't think it's a word, uh, but if you think about how like Mortal Kombat looks, where it's the actual actors like doing the moves, uh, that is how Street Fighter the movie also works. And all the actors uh, did show up in the game. I think did Jean Claude Van Damme do so as well? I believe so. Uh, everybody, the it's just that I think they had issues with. Uh how much they could record with some actors due to availability, so I think they also drew over some of the sprites. That could be. Had, yeah. Yeah, it's just it, I, I looked it up and all I can find is the term digitized sprites, so I can't find the yes. actual for what they did. But yes. um, the, ac the actual like other game um, that Capcom did for PlayStation 1, that one uses the same sp like digitized sprites as a base, but they actually drew over uh, almost all of them, so they could adjust the moves. Yes. Because there there was definitely some missing moves in that game. But anyway, uh, let's talk about the actual movie itself. So, um, let me actually pop up the list. I believe this is this. 
Uh, so I feel hard to put a number to this just because it, it's once again it's schlock. It's pure schlock, but it's fun. Yeah, because yeah. it's the it's the kind of thing. It is not. I would not call this a well-made movie. Um, it is like. I mean, so far of the games or the movies of this type that we've ranked, uh, taking a look at Wizardry and Salamander, uh, the animes based on those, um, those were maybe a bit. I don't even know if I'd call these well done because I actually I think because the thing also, about this, the level of quality was very cut and dry and kind of matched the level of enjoyment you got out of it. Yes, or this has kind of a campy nature, which kind of. So I haven't seen either of those two movies, so I can't truly comment on them. But I, I don't know. Like, I kind of feel this is... Uh, I wouldn't put this at a 10 or a 15. I would put it higher, because even yeah. though it's not well-made, it's enjoyable. That's, the thing, well, that's, so, that's what I mean, is I would definitely put it higher, but it's like... Because one thing I would say about these is that they are definitely trying to get into people who are fans of the games. But... Mm. If you're not, they might not be enjoyable. They're just kind of like wizardry in particular. It's just if you take out the wizardry name in it, it's just kind of a basic. It's trying to be a just a fantasy anime. Like something like a record of Lodas War without any of the humor. It's just a fantasy kind of thing. Whereas this has a kind of added uh, attribute of it's trying to be fun. It might not be accurate, but it's fun. And it does take some stuff from the games and does them correctly. Not everything, but it does have enough connection to the games where if you're a fan of the games, you're going to appreciate some stuff. And if you're not a fan of the games, no loss. You're going to appreciate some stuff, but you're also going to be like, oh, a lot of this stuff doesn't actually make sense at all. Yeah, you might be a little lost. Like, like, I'm not super into Street Fighter, but... I don't particularly like a lot of the shuffling they did with the characters. Like, why is, why is Balrog the good guy and DJ the bad guy? Like, some stuff, sure, but a lot of it is just a bit weird to me. It's kind of like, there's kind of a spectrum of things in movie or like from games to movies that uh, it's kind of the how accurate, I guess, is it? You have just the complete nonsense kind of thing of something like a Super Mario Brothers movie, where it just, it just takes the incredible base things and just kind of makes its own thing. And the other end of the spectrum is actually kind of something like Wizardry, where they're actually extremely literal to the game to the point where game mechanics uh, in, like change people's fates. Like, they take the revival rules from Wizardry, literally, in the anime. Um, and it's kind of... It seems like the ideal, I guess, would not be something that's super literal, but something close. This, I think, kind of gets a little close, but yeah, it does feel a little off. That it's not quite... It's like, of course they're going to make liberties, because they have to... It can't just be for people who are fans of the original. It, it, they they have to be a little loose with it, but... Yeah. Some it just... I, I, think, I, I think it's like the magnitude of it, like how many times it actually happens, that's the weird thing. Like, if it was just, like, one or two things, that's, I think, normal, and most people expect that. Like, if you watch the Netflix Castlevania, that has a lot of liberties compared to the game it's based on, but it's fine, because it's just a few things. And here it's more, like, every almost every character's backstory is completely different. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. So... 
I mean, personally, I I I'd, I'd put it at a nine, but I I would put it as like a eight or nine, but I would also be willing to compromise at a ten. Yeah, because any other numbers people are thinking. I'm thinking mostly 10, because, like, if I go into this knowing, like, yeah, I know this is bad, and I go into it, and it's like, okay, it's still, like, a, a fun time, even if it is a bad movie. But if, say, they were releasing this now, and it had, like, the same type of plot point, same delivery and everything, I'd be like, yeah, Raul Julia saved the thing, but otherwise it was pretty not great. So I'd say 10 is Probably I know. It, it's one of those things I say there's an important distinction between a good movie and a fun movie. And like even though this is a bit old, I still think it's pretty fun, like regardless of the age. Uh I, I would say like at most a soft nine. But ten I would be fine with too. Yeah. So less you're thinking nine ten? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that's kind of the roughly the area that I was thinking. Um, it is, I mean, 10, 10 in itself is above, it's above the middle. So it is getting higher. Uh, if we currently also have a rainbow scale, uh, for these, um, with violet being the one and red being the 21, uh, this is solidly, uh, nine is just getting into the blue. Um, which I'm thinking maybe, yeah, nine, 10, I think. It's good, but um, like if we, from what we have, because Torpo, you you were here to, uh, when we did Wizardry. What would you think? Would you think that this is in the same tier as Wizardry or slightly above? So this is what I mean by it's really hard to gauge because it's it's a difference of quality as well as what you're getting out of it. And that's why I find this scale really hard to make it judge, because there's, once again, a, a difference between a good movie and a fun movie. Well, a fun movie can still be considered an above-average film, even if, you know, a bunch of its execution is off. So I guess, I like, would definitely did you enjoy Wizardry? This... I enjoyed Wizardry. I would rather watch this over Wizardry, personally, mm. though. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm thinking... Because yeah. I, I think the, the, the thing that we might accidentally get hook, hooked up on is, you know, can we have a movie that's good but not fun, or do they both have to be the same thing for us to give it? And I think if a movie is fun and fun enough, it could actually reach into its own Mastercraft territory just on the, the fact that it's a fun film versus, okay, well, this movie's technical, it gets all the beats right, but it's not enjoyable. And I would think that a movie like that could actually easily end up in the 19 and 20s. I I disagree with that because, I don't know, I think sometimes a movie can be good but hard to watch or, or painful to watch, and, but that's a deliberate choice. But at yeah. the end of the day, it's neither here nor there. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, thinking of like, think of a movie like Schindler's List. That is most certainly not an enjoyable movie, but it is a fulfilling movie. I guess uh, I think it's just kind of how I'm de defining enjoyable because it could be enjoyable, but in different ways. It doesn't have to be fun and yeah. happy. And, maybe yes, maybe fulfilling might be fulfilling a good would be a better term. Yeah, because um, I do kind of feel that Street Fighter is more fulfilling of a thing than wizardry. I agree. So I might put that as a nine. 
because I'm not going halvesies and I'm not doing nine and a half. <laughs> so I think just for the fact that we only have two things in this list, I'm going to do a nine just to differentiate. Because I would not put it below. So this is Street Fighter. Keyboard shortcuts is. So this is Street Fighter, which is based on. Oh, put two. Based on Street Fighter. Actually, I'm going to do this later. Okay, so this is going to be Media Delta Episode 5. Uh, this came out in 1994. Director was Steven E. D'Souza. Uh, this was a theatrical release. And genre. Let's see, we have... This is action as hell. Yeah, action's probably a good one. Um, and I would say that this is very well because we have punchy kicky as a cat as a tone. I would say this is pretty punchy kicky. Or will we call this? Because I wouldn't call this war. Or will we call this whimsical? Well, I think it's it's entire tone was very military. It's it, it's very much trying to go for that sort of thing. Yeah, like action military refrigerator bro style of Yeah. Okay, I'll just do or. that. Oh uh, so you yeah, you might want to differentiate this. Let's uh, call this let's call this um live action. Cause yeah, there's another Street Fighter movie, though that's the animated one. Yep. Well, title is a, a bit different. There's another live action Street Fighter movie. <laughs> Yeah, we don't say, talk about that. Yeah. Also, isn't there like an actual movie just called Street Fighter? Like a Jackie Chan one, maybe? I'm sure there is. Um, but yes. So one thing we also do. Yeah, um, you could just put like Street Fighter, Street Fighter 1994. Oh, it is. It's just a normal Jackie Chan kung fu movie. Then they, for some reason, jump into a Street Fighter parody. So that is that is a different movie, which actually at some point we could technically cost, uh, talk about because that is City Hunter. Uh, which is based on a manga, which did have games based on it. That That is a thing Sweet. I do want to take a look at, because that thing is fascinating, but that is not here for there. I really like the loophole rule. Uh, well, it's not this list. It's a different list. Uh, anyway, one thing we do also, I do kind of put on here, um, and I don't know how it'll work, um, but whether or not is this more fulfilling than playing the actual game? Oh, I would say yes. I'm not a big fighting games fan, though, so, so I'm kind of biased. I would say same. I, I, I guess I'm biased because I play fighting games. I'd rather play a fighting game than watch this. Because, <laughs> yeah, I think in general, I think that I, I'd put. You know what? Oh, hey, they changed the, they, they changed it. Uh, they changed uh, Windows changed their uh, emoji keyboard. Huh. Okay, anyway. Um, I'm going to put a shrug, because yeah, if you don't like fighting games, then yeah, this might be more enjoyable, but if you don't like it, but if you do like fighting games, this probably won't. Yeah, but I feel like that's kind of a cop-out, just because like yeah. for other stuff, like Salamander, you could say ah, if you don't like uh, shrubs, I mean... To be fair, though... I, I know, I'm just saying, like, it's 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 bad, it's a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah just, maybe I, think I'll, so. I think so, too. I'll just leave it blank, then, because we left Wizardry blank. 
Well, we left Wizardry blank because it was pretty true to the original game. If you don't enjoy FPS, would you rather watch the Doom movie or play an FPS? Oh, you shut your fucking face. <laughs> I mean... That's <clears throat> my point, though, is I, I like... No, I see, I see your point, and I kind of I have a hard time having an actual rebuttal to that because that is a fair point. I, it's a, it's a, this is a tough category to be honest because that it's it's I know this is all subjective, but this is something that's like so very subjective that you're gonna probably end up with a lot of divides and a lot of well, yeah. can we put something probably, here? Probably can, look, can we can we phrase it maybe as? If we were to compare the story of like the games and the narrative and everything, and this, like which we enjoyed more, that that could be, yeah, actually, that's probably better. My answer stays the same, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and if that case, I would say no, this is not doing better. So, Raul Julia is good, but like he's good in the Adams family too. Campus. Yeah. Yeah, Raul it's, it's Julia is just in good in general, though, so... It's the whole co-op game argument. But anyway... <laughs> games, are, games are just better if you're playing them with Raul Julia. <laughs> I mean, yes, they <laughs> are. Damn right they are! <laughs> um, it's sound anyway. reasoning. So, other things that we point out, because we have music, charm, um, it, cinematography, really story, action... I, I'd say charm, yes, charm. but that's about it. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say charm yeah. is. What's what's the but, yeah con con? Uh, uh, so the yay, um, that is one thing I would point out. Uh, this, this that movie. is bare contributing points. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh yeah. So oh, yes. Great. So yay is the thing where uh, if uh, people who watch the streams uh, want to put fun bucks, the uh, stream currency I have towards, uh, make making their note that they like something, uh, they can yeah. Yeah, let's. Switch. Oh no, not, not that one. Quick. There's a green column uh, next to the one we yeah, were just. The, the doing. Yeah, the for for thumbs up from other people. Okay, all right. Yeah, all right. this one. All right. Let's again, just like let's let's show Alex Kid real fucking quick. Also, can we throw a, a small Y in that content there just oh, for sure. that one uh, that one scene? Also, there is kind of a, a off the cuff uh, multinational joke that's played through the credits. That's a little. Questionable. I don't, know I don't it, even remember that honestly. It was something about uh, how do you know you're in a good unit, and how do you know you're in a oh, bad? Oh yes, unit? that dumb fucking joke. I hate oh, that geez. joke with a passion, but they do. I that fucking one. like tune that out because I've heard that so many times, and it's always terrible. Yeah, it's not completely horrible, but it's also no, it's just cool. unfunny. Yeah. Yep, because who cares? Also, I want a thumbs up for that sweet 90s lightning. I'm going to die on that hill. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not putting <laughs> that down. I, we have can't be charm. I did put that down. Okay. Okay, yeah. Um, and I don't think, nay, we really have anything. Um, mm. The other thing that maybe just the weird slacking, or the, not the slacking, the, um, the weird pacing kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, is there any way to, like, mark down how it keeps to the game itself? Um, I think that I, that was one of the things I was going to do, but... Because this takes some real creative liberties. 
Yeah. And the fight scenes are very lifeless. They're not fun to watch, to be honest. They're not really interesting. Seriously? Yeah. And it's even bare mention, you know, that one of the lead characters doesn't even go by the character's moveset. He just uses his own. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, I think we ha- there is an artist emoji, so I might use that for creative liberties. Yeah. Uh, also, I was going to say, you might want to put it like a thumbs down for action then. Yeah. Because it, like, it feels wrong. Yeah. Like, punches don't really have a, a land and kick. The only really shit. notable one, I'd argue, is when Chun-Li's beating the shit out of Bison, but otherwise... Yeah. But then, again, that comes back to Raul Julia selling the shit out of the scene. Yeah. No, that, no, I meant, like, the actual movement. Right. Yeah, like the choreography. Yeah. Okay, fair. So. Okay, but otherwise, I think... it's, it's like, yeah. Very anyway. dull. Yeah, yep. I, I think that is good to talk about the 1994 live-action movie Street Fighter. Um, so, I guess with Street that... Street Fighter! Is that... Street oh. Fighter! Ah. So, Sorry, I have vivid recollections of the animated series, and I hate that fact. A very rare singing torpid, everybody. Wasn't even really singing. It's, it's, it counts, shut up. No, right. you're reaching, you just want this. I do. <laughs> So, anyway, uh, with that, that is enough talking about that. Uh, so, uh, with that being the end of this, um, before we go, is there anything that anyone wants to plug, starting with Axe going alphabetical? Uh, I've got my uh, little stream, uh, twitch.tv slash axeimmortal, and uh, that's about it. Anything you want to plug, Wes? No. Nope. All right. Uh, Bear, anything you want to plug? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Real Soviet Bear. I stream Mario Kart and sometimes not. <laughs> you. Uh, Torpo. And Twitch.tv slash Typist, but also the holes in the stealth ship because we need to bring it back. Oh, damn it, you took my joke I was going to use next time, you fucker. Yes. Anyway, uh, that is it for Street Fighter. Uh, tune in next week as we talk about another movie that Stephen E. D'Souza was involved with, but he just wrote the screenplay for it. And also, oh, one other thing to I mentioned about Street Fighter because it's important for the next movie. Uh, Street Fighter, uh, the movie was released in December twenty third, nineteen ninety four, making it very much a Christmas movie, like the movie we're talking about next week. That's Die Hard. And they oh, even man. they even mentioned Christmas in it. I think briefly, like once in a single scene. Yes. That counts. That's enough to make it a Christmas film. Yes. So we'll talk about that next week. Thank you all for listening to Media Delta. If you want to see the full ranking list for yourself, you can go to r3.ldp.life in your browser, and that will take you straight to the list. If you would like to watch Retro Rank Rhapsody, this show's sister series in which we play the games that the shows that we are talking about on Media Delta are based on, you can watch them be recorded live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash loadedpuzzlo. Episodes are recorded live at 7.30pm Eastern Standard Time on Fridays, 2.30pm Eastern Standard Time on Saturdays, and 1pm Eastern Standard Time on Sundays. Or, alternatively, you can watch all episodes on YouTube by going to youtube.ldp.life. You can follow the show's Twitter by going to at HazeltownStory, or my personal Twitter at Lolo the Puzzle. 
If you want to discuss the show with others, you can join the official Discord channel by going to discord.ldp.life in your browser, where you can also vote in polls to determine what episodes will be coming next for both RetroRank Rhapsody and Media Delta. Again, thank you all for listening, and I hope that you come back for the next episode.